Welcome to Purposely Bossing Up, where we talk about bossing up in business, but we always talk about bossing up in life. Hey y'all, this is your girl T, the host of Purposely Bossing Up. On today's episode, we have Dr. Janae Bishop. She is a transition strategist, self-care advocate, and author of How Much Joy is in Your Journey, a creative guide to your fearless vision. Her purpose is to educate women who are at a turning point in their lives to become more aware of wellness, self-care, and resiliency. She is also a former certified school principal and certified K-12 school counselor. She lost her husband to a fatal heart attack which calls her to take the same advice she gives others in the wellness area, self-care, and resiliency that she teaches others today. So I present to you all Dr. Janae Bishop. Hello, Janae. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for having me on this evening. Yes, I am so excited, and I can't wait to hear all the gems you're going to drop for our listeners today. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's a true blessing. And, and yes, I've learned from other people's experiences, and I'm still a work in progress. So we just give him the praise and keep it moving. Absolutely. Amen to that. <laughs> Amen to that. So, Janae, of course, this podcast is called Purposely Bossing Up. What is yes. your definition of purpose? Oh, my, that is such a fantastic question. So the way I see purpose is... Whatever it is that you do whereby someone else's life is better because they crossed your path. And so oftentimes as we go through life, you know, we may take different types of surveys or assessments to find out what our strengths are, what our gifts and talents are. But the true purpose of someone is that thing also that you are inspired to wake up in the morning and to get busy doing it, even though you may not be paid at the time. And mm -hmm. so, you know, it, it is so key. I think um, Confucius once said that that it is such a blessing to be able to uh, have a job that you love, because then if you're doing what you love, then you never have to work a day in your life. And, and, and right. that is and that is definitely what I feel in my own life. However, so often we may work jobs that are purposeful for paying the bills, but may mm -hmm. not be purposeful in terms of our passion. And so I often tell people that when we are in that circumstance, we need to look at the fact that the nine to five that we are working through is paving the way for our five to nine, that thing mm. that lights us up and that we feel is our true purpose. And so it's so key for us to remember that to be able to structure our lives in such a way where we are living the life that we love or on our way to designing the life that we love and being able to fulfill our, our purpose. But at the end of the day, if this was our last day on earth, we should all mm -hmm. be able to look back and feel that our purpose was that others' lives were better because they crossed our path based on us using our gifts and talents. Wow. That was a good one. That was a good one. <laughs> That was a good one, and and of course, like I always say on each episode, each episode, 
no matter how many times I ask the same question, all the answers are different, but they all lead yeah. to the same explanation. You know, what wakes you up in the morning, what gets your, your gears grinding, all that good stuff. Right. But I love how you put that, you know, you you're, you can fulfill your purpose, but then you may have that nine to five that fulfills a purpose. Oh, yes. that was a good one. And I never even <laughs> thought about it that way. Never thought about it that way. But like you said, like just purpose enough to pay the bills or put money in your pocket and things of that sort. And, and a lot of people can't get those things mixed up. They can't get those things mixed up because the the um, adrenaline and the mindset behind it are two different things. Oh, I'm so, I'm so glad that you said that because you hit the nail right on the head because the reality is, is that and, and many um, uh, research manuals and, and people who are successful entrepreneurs uh, would say this as well, that you know, so often that nine to five, which is helping you to keep your life stable so that you can free up your mind and your emotions to be able to be creative in another respect. And so mm-hmm. that nine to five paving the way for your five to nine and the hope and the goal is that that five to nine, that thing that you feel passionately purposeful about will be able to generate the kind of income so that you can uh, have the kind of financial freedom that you want. But then, of course, as you know, success, our definitions for success may change in different decades Mm -hmm. or different aspects of our lives, much like what one may find as their purpose when they're 20 may evolve and change when they're 30, when they're 40, Absolutely. when they're 50 and beyond. So, so, so yes, your purpose can certainly evolve and end up changing, but your gifts and your strengths and your talents that you bring to the table become so much more powerful in order yes. for you to fulfill a later purpose because now you have life experience to go with it as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. That was great. That was awesome. <laughs> I love it. You couldn't have put it you couldn't have put in there any better. Um, oh, which is very you. understandable. It's understandable. And people have to understand that things have to be relatable. That's how we build connections and relationships with people because we can relate to one another. Absolutely. Absolutely. Exactly. Exactly. Everyone, everyone has their own story. And uh, what the research shows is that once you identify what your purpose is, and that purpose may evolve and change based on your experiences, based on where you are in life, but everyone should realize that when you are able to live your life purposefully, you know, just like the title of your podcast, purpose, uh, Purposely Bossing Up, you know, your desire may be to become a boss um, or a leader. Mm-hmm. Your desire may be, and your strengths and your talents may be the behind-the-scenes person, you know, who, who, who can definitely put all the pieces together for that boss's vision to become, you know, actual. So determining what your purpose is doesn't necessarily have to be the leader but it may be the person who has that technical skill who can pull everything together and who gets joy from seeing the end result. And so I I certainly feel that my purpose has been uh, to be able to show people how um, self-care and wellness can enable Mm -hmm. their personal lives to become stronger so that it can support the success of their professional lives. And we do that, you know, in a number of ways. And and that's what I feel purposeful um, in doing at this time. However, with that, 
my mm -hmm. background as a uh, military officer come into play in terms of leadership. My background working in nonprofits with young kids who have um, been survivors of abuse come into play as I coach people towards wellness. The opportunities where I've done parenting education uh, back in my uh, 30s for young mothers who had substance abuse issues and they went through the parenting education in order to mm -hmm. help kids. All of that ended up coming. And then being a school counselor and then a school administrator. So as we're going through life, we may not realize that all of these different experiences become mm -hmm. building blocks for us to fulfill our purpose. That's right. Yeah. That's right. I preach it every day. <laughs> Girl, do your thing. Day. Do your thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. So if you could describe yourself in one word, what would it be and why? Oh, wow. That is a very good one. Describe myself in one word, and what would that be and why? Okay. If I could do it in four words, it would be a child of God first and foremost. Um, Ooh, with, that yeah. being, mm. <laughs> with that being understood, I would say, um, wow, describing myself in one word, I would say evolving. Mm. And um, And when I think of the word evolving, I think of me being in a state of transition, much like the butterfly, going from larvae to becoming a beautiful butterfly, um, and the whole series of metamorphoses that occur in the process of becoming your beautiful self. But even in becoming, even in going through that metamorphosis and becoming my beautiful self, your beautiful self, your listener's beautiful self, mm -hmm. you still give back to the world and your beauty becomes something that makes the world even more beautiful. So in fact, on a milestone birthday of mine, I had a, a uh, butterfly tattooed on my right shoulder um, as mm -hmm. a reminder to me that I am a work in progress. I am a beauty to behold because I am God's child, and, and it's not over. It's never over. We yeah. are always constantly evolving. So, yeah, evolving. Yeah, that's a good one. That is good. Yes. I wanted to say fearless, but you know what? Every time we try something new, you get a, a little bit of trepidation, a little bit of fear. And, yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. You know? <laughs> That's true. That is true. Yes, yes, yes. So at the other end of that spectrum, you know, some listeners may be saying, yeah, you know, their word is fearless, but so often we are fearful and in the mm -hmm. process of us strengthening our skills and preparing and becoming more confident, we become fearless until that new challenge comes along. Then we have to, you know, prepare, uh, improve our confidence, become successful. Then we become more confident and then we continue changing and evolving for that next opportunity and that next uh, chance to grow. But I think we all are evolving. Yeah, on an everyday basis. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, for those uh, and those who are your listeners, you know, when they're uh, teenagers in high school, you're just beginning to learn who you are. And then mm -hmm. when you're in your, you know, you think you know who you are, but when you get in your 30s, you realize you are still learning who you were in your 20s. <laughs> right. <laughs> You know, and, and it's, it's exciting. It's exciting. And, and you just certainly realize that, that every experience, even when I have um, experiences that are stressful or painful, I internalize the reality that even this experience is preparing me for something else. And so um, even with the unexpected and passing of my husband three years ago, he had a heart attack in his sleep, um, and the mm. condition he had that we learned 
um, you know, later on after his passing was called um, cardiomyopathy, which in layman's mm-hmm. term is stress-induced, um, stress-induced heart disease, which led to congestive heart failure. And so I feel purposeful in educating people about the impact of self-care and wellness that helps you to bring your best self to the table because so often, whether you're a mother or an entrepreneur or married and you have fur babies, you know, you're always taking care of someone else or yourself or you're nurturing. And when you burn the candle on both ends, you burn out in the middle and you can't fill someone else's cup from your empty cup. So it's so Mm -hmm. important. Yes, you know, so it's so important that we learn about wellness, about self-care because we take our cars in for tune-ups change the wheels, you know, get a new paint job. Um, But so often we forget about taking care of ourselves. And when we take care of ourselves, we're able to fulfill our goals, whatever our definitions of success may be. We're able to be better partners in relationships, better parents to children or loved ones that we take care of. And it's so important that we realize to do that. You mentioned earlier about me having written the book, How Much Joy is in Your Journey, A Creative Guide to Your Fearless Vision. Well, when I've Mm -hmm. spoken at different events, I've shared with people that I had my book launch on Saturday, May 14th, and Monday morning, May 16th, my husband died in his sleep. And I had um, an Yes. And so it's easy to feel joyful when everything is going right. You know, I was a high school principal. Uh, My husband and I had worked to get out of debt. Our sons were now in their early 20s, so we had the empty nest. Um, You know, it was it was it was time to enjoy a whole nother aspect of life. And then I realized ever so painfully that we all go through life making plans only to realize more pointedly that God makes the final decision. And when your plans, whether traumatically uh, changes, then how do you move forth and regain that joy in your life? How do you do that when you feel as though your life may be over or things have not worked out the way that you had thought it would be? And how do you go forth and then create a fearless vision for yourself? Because the fact that you are here is a sign that, the universe, the Lord, whatever is one's belief, is saying that you still have a purpose. You still have a purpose to fulfill, and every day should be you moving one step forward to fulfilling your purpose. And for many of us, uh, we need to find ways to even turn our painful experiences to be able to fulfill our purpose because others seeing us be able to survive and, like the phoenix, rise from the ashes, give mm-hmm. someone else permission to realize that if she did it or he did it, then maybe I can too. Yes. Yes. That was a whole sermon. <laughs> that was a whole sermon. <laughs> oh. That was so good. And it's so inspiring. Like I tell people all the time, even though I'm the host, I'm getting inspired as well. You know, oh, wonderful. Um, yeah, I get inspired by the things people say and the tips that they give and, you know, books that they may um, recommend and all yeah. that good stuff. So it's not just my listeners learning. It's a learning experience for all of us. Awesome. Awesome. God bless you, sister. Do your thing. <laughs> so what do you feel? So what do you feel was your biggest challenge to get where you are today? And how did you overcome that? Okay, yes. So I would say, um, you know, your listeners may not know that I'm actually a native New Yorker. And so when I say New York, then you can actually hear it in my voice. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. 
I'm a native New Yorker who uh, grew up in the projects. Uh, both my parents, in fact, they celebrated their 57th anniversary uh, this year. And I would say that my biggest challenge was that I didn't realize that other people considered me limited. You know, um, I didn't realize until I went off to college that I was considered low socioeconomic because my parents didn't raise my brothers and I feeling that there were any limitations, you know, get an education and the doors will open to you. So I would say that my biggest challenge was um, getting beyond my own thoughts that because I'm black or because I'm female or because I come from the projects in New York, that perhaps I would not have the kind of opportunities that other people of a different background may have. And so what I found, though, is that um, once you identify what your biggest challenge is, then that also can become your biggest asset. Because for me, being from the projects, um, being considered low socioeconomic, that made me see that by me pursuing and going to college, I couldn't go to a college that I, you know, could live at, you know, uh, stay in a dormitory. I had to commute every day in New York. And so it taught me resilience. You know, when I decided to join the military in order to pay for college, because my parents still had uh, my two younger brothers that they were raising, that taught me to be resilient financially. And so ultimately, even though the biggest challenge was probably the socioeconomics and feeling that I came from a community that was considered impoverished, I realized that my mind was not impoverished. I may have come from the projects, but that didn't mean that I didn't learn good skills in the projects, like right. community, like making a way even though you have a little bit, because many people who may have earned a lot of money also lost a lot of money. And they may not have been aware of how to live on and with less. So my biggest challenge was realizing that I didn't have the kind of money that others may have had to become successful or I didn't come from, you know, the type of um, building or house the way that others uh, may have. But I had parents and I had loved ones and I had mentors who made me feel that if you can believe it, then you can also, you know, conceive it and achieve it. And you just need to know that to do that is education. Later on in life, I realized, though, that part of getting an education wasn't just in the books. In fact, I was telling someone today that my dad, uh, one of the many pearls of wisdom that he told me was, um, you know, book sense without common sense is uh, no sense at all. You know, mm-hmm. you've got to have common sense and that the and what I have found for myself in overcoming challenges is that every successful opportunity that I've had happened as a result of relationships. And mm-hmm. sometimes people don't realize that it's relationships that help you to be able to move further in life. It's someone looking at you and saying, oh, wow, I want to give that person a break. Or someone seeing in you potential and saying, hey, have you ever considered doing X, Y, and Z? You know, as a matter of fact, me becoming an officer in the military because I started out enlisted happened as a result of um, she was a black female major. She was a nurse in the unit that I was assigned to at the time as a reservist. And she came up to me and said, you know what? The military can use more black female officers. Have you ever thought about going to ROTC and getting commissioned? Never even thought about it. I had military members in my family, none that were female, you know, uh, they were all male, um, none that were officers until later on. I met a um, a male cousin who uh, was an officer. So it's it's about building relationships and opening yourself up to the pearls that other people will share with you. That's why when you said a little while ago that even though on your show you have it as a venue for others to be able to share empowering things, but you also learn that is powerful. And I think that is such a significant message for people to realize never stop learning. 
Right. That is that is the key thing um, with people who are successful. Um, I would say also that another way that, um, you know, other than education and not letting my background look like a limitation, but look at how it is um, a benefit to me would be to, you know, read. Find out what has helped other people to be successful and store that knowledge. The research shows that individuals who are successful are those who are well-read. That may or may not mean actually reading, you know, copies of books. Uh, for myself, I make sure that I read on a daily basis, and I, and I spend a lot of time in my car traveling to do workshops or different things. And so I have specific books on my audio book. And I listen while I drive. For me, driving is a personal development time. Um, I don't listen to music. I use that as an opportunity to either learn from a book that's building my business or learn from something that's busy, that's building me. And I think that that, um, that is a big and a huge lesson. Uh, the third thing is I would encourage people um, in their journey towards becoming more successful than they already are is to mm -hmm. definitely have a morning routine. So oh, many yeah. people say, I'm not a, I'm not a morning person, you know, I'm good. But there are, there's so much research, uh, from individuals like Oprah, um, like, uh, Tony Robbins, um, oh goodness, like Warren Buffett, um, you know, people who are, who, you know, great levels, you know, and great achievement. Um, Mel Robbins, who was a life coach, was an attorney, um, became bankrupt, was a life coach, and now has her own TV show. But when you research the habits of successful people, they all have a morning routine. How you start your day sets the tone for the rest of the day, and it also mm -hmm. sets the tone for how successful you will be. That's the truth. That is the truth. <laughs> I was told that on several occasions. You know, you have that morning routine is definitely really serious. And um, for those who um, are just now implementing those things in their day, you can really see the difference yes. on how your day goes. It really helps. It honestly really, really helps. Oh, my. What was the biggest adjustment for you um, incorporating a routine like that into your life? Um, well, I was always big on, you know, like meditation and journaling and things of that sort. And what I had to learn how to do was, you know, be more concise and, and put it, like like you said, on a schedule. So when I wake yeah. up, you know, I say my daily prayers, I'll read mm -hmm. some scripture or a um, devotional for the day. And, yeah. um, you know, I might do some light breathing and may do some in-house mm -hmm. exercising, depending if I feel like going to the gym or not going to the gym. And awesome. um, I just sit and I just meditate. And I might meditate for 10 minutes you know how I feel, maybe 10 minutes, it may be a half an hour, but it kind of like yes. eases my mind to, um, like you said, to focus on the rest of the day because I would hate to be the one to wake up and then go straight to social media and then you see something and it pisses you off, so now you're mad all day. Yes, yes, yes. You have hit the nail right on the button. Have you heard of the book uh, Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod? No. Oh my goodness, every that is a must have for for you, for your listeners, because everything you just said is actually outlined in the book. Hal Elrod was um was an amazing salesman who got into a serious car accident, was dead for about six minutes, um, lost everything because of course um he couldn't go back to work where he was earning a lot of money and he was a young married guy at the time and when he had this accident he ended up going bankrupt, um, lost his home and he had to build himself up not just physically but emotionally, psychologically to 
becoming successful again. And so what he writes about in the Miracle Morning is just what you and I have just talked about, that how you start your day is key. So as he thought about how was he going to rebuild his life as this young married man, he had a family, and he wanted to continue on this path of success. So what he did was he ended up interviewing um, individuals who by society standards were considered uber, uber successful Mm -hmm. people or super successful people. And then he started to write about what were some of the common elements that these individuals had. Now, at the time, he did it as a way of pulling himself up by his bootstraps in order to redesign and recreate his life. But as he looked at these interviews, he saw some commonalities, and he came up with what's called life savers because, one, it saved his life because now his book, Miracle Morning, is a multi-multi-million seller, and wow. he has all of these yeah, different things going on. Now it's Miracle Morning for network marketers, for salespeople, for wives and families. But the whole premise behind life savers is the actual acronym SAVERS, S-A-V-E-R-S. And when I present out in public, I usually end my presentation with sharing with people SAVERS, this um, acronym, as a gift to them. Um, The first S is for silence. And you mentioned that you meditate. You are right on point. The research shows that when individuals start their day with silence, even, you know, when you first get up from sleeping for myself, my silence is I pray and then I go through either a one, maybe to 10 minute um, guided meditation on my app, Insight Timer. But some people have um, Calm app and there are others mm-hmm. that are also out there. So that's S for silence. And then A is for affirmation. And so when individuals start their day, whether they write it on a calendar or they have a particular affirmation for the week that they um, hold and, you know, hold, hold that they're going to hold that one affirmation. Affirmation. What's powerful, the research says about affirmation, is that when you feed the positive aspect of who you are. Now, you may say, I am, and it's a description of where you want to be or who you are uh-huh. becoming. When you start off with an affirmation and your actions then work towards those affirmations, that's key. So for myself, for example, my affirmation for this week is I am worthy and deserving of all the love, joy, and success. Now I'm going to own it. Because for so long, these last three years, I've wrestled with moving forward in an expedient way with success because I felt guilty about becoming successful after my husband had passed because he had wow. always been my biggest cheerleader. So S is silence, A is affirmation, V is visualization. Just like an athlete would visualize going across the finish line, as people pursuing success in our lives, whether it's personal success, relationship success, um, business success, we need to get in the habit of visualizing what the end product looks like. So the research also suggests that when you incorporate into your day visualizing the end and goal, then you also energetically set the foundation for making sure that your actions lead towards that visualization. Now, of course, the research also suggests that, you know, try to have no more than three goals out of the day. Um, and, you mm-hmm. know, and, and unfortunately, I still have a long to-do list that I then roll over to the next day. <laughs> but at least I have that running list. So you have right. silence, you have affirmations, you have visualization as part of the uh, Lifesavers acronym. And then there's E, exercise, which you just mentioned that as well. And the research shows that when you wake up in the morning, even though a lot of people say, oh, I prefer to exercise at night, but the research shows that the people who um, accelerate success in their lives, when they exercise in the morning, and it could be something very simple. It may not have to be going to the gym. On the days that I can't go to the gym, well, for whatever reason, you know, the weather is inclement. I don't feel like driving out. 
I do a little bit of Pilates here at home. I do mm-hmm. some uh, push-ups, um, you know, whether it's front push-ups and then also backward push-ups so I can keep, you know, my triceps tight. And then I also, um, what is the other? Oh, and then I walk up and down my stairs in my house at least five times. You know, you got to keep the thighs and the gluteus, you know, just right. <laughs> and so, <laughs> you know, and so exercise, which, like I said, you alluded to that. And then R in favors is for read. It is so important that we read and consume knowledge on a daily basis. So for myself, you know, if I know that this is a day where I'm not going to be working outside the home and driving around, when I'm in the bathroom brushing my teeth or or just, you know, doing some hygiene stuff, I would play um, a YouTuber that I'm following or I would play my audio book so that I am constantly in a state of feeding energy into my mind. And then finally, you also mentioned this when you mentioned journaling. The last um, um, letter in favors is S for scribing or journaling. The research shows also that if you journal on a daily basis, it helps to get your thoughts from the inside out and on paper. And when you have an opportunity to look back on your journal, you can either A, see how much you've grown, or B, see what goals you um, are still aspiring to achieve or that you've already achieved. And so for myself, I had this notebook that I had gotten from a dollar store and my journal is a gratitude journal. So I actually add a little bit to my favors in terms of gratitude and goals. Uh, research suggests that when you live a life that empowers an attitude of gratitude, then every day you're going to find something successful. And even a day where you might have had a goal that couldn't be achieved or something occurred and you felt rejected, whether it was a business opportunity or a personal opportunity, the fact that you can find something that you feel grateful for makes this day a successful day and not in vain. And so as I was going through my grief process and the process of redesigning my own life based on the uh, eight dimensions of wellness, some mornings I woke up and the only thing that I felt in my heart that I could feel grateful for was that I did wake up because that was Mm -hmm. something that did not occur for my husband on May 16, 2016. And then it kind of evolved when I look back where, oh, it's going to be sunshiny today. Or I I woke up and I heard birds singing or, you know, my sons are moving along in their personal lives. You know, we are growing. And so you see yourself growing. So uh, Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod, the morning routine being lifesavers, S, silence or meditation, A, affirmation, V, visualization, E, exercise, R, read, and S, scribe is certainly a foundation thing that I've incorporated in my life this last year that it has had an immense value, not only on me psychologically, but business-wise and physical as well. That is awesome. So you get all of this. This is like a podcast interview, <laughs> a workshop. It's everything in one. It's everything in one because I said I'm got I got my sheet right here and I'm writing everything down. Okay, I am writing all of this down. Yes, learning, learning on a consistent basis, all day, every day. But, girl, you're doing it. When you mentioned the things that you try to incorporate in the routine, you know, intellectually we know things, you know, bits and pieces, and especially in your line of work where you're always talking to people who are trying to inspire others and they're they're living the life, um, you have the answers. Um, you know, but sometimes when you're someone who is so engrossed in empowering others, we move, you know, we're so excited about the empowerment and then we lose sight of sometimes the simple things. And so yeah. when this book was uh, shared with me and I said, oh, wow, I like that. 
great. I'm going to go ahead and incorporate that. You know, I wish I was uh, showing my progress on social media, but that's something that uh, friends of mine have said, yeah, you need to start doing some lives and you need, you know, some um, Facebook lives or Instagram and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and be able to have that connection. So we'll see what the Lord has in store. Yes, I'm excited. So I know you get busy a lot. So (laughs) what are some ways that you practice self-love, self-care? Oh, yes. Okay. So I, for self-love and self-care, I started um, probably a year and a half ago, you know, realizing that if I didn't start practicing self-care, I wasn't going to be good for my sons who were also grieving. And I've always, you know, taken vitamins and things, but I practice self-care by on a monthly basis, I get a massage, but I want to make sure that the listeners also know that self-care isn't just getting your nails done or getting a massage. Mm-hmm. It certainly feels good, you know, and you certainly look pretty afterwards, but self-care is so much more than that. It's how you end up structuring your life to become grounded so that you know that you are making the rest of your life the best of your life and encouraging everyone to realize that today is the rest of your life. Five minutes from now is the rest of our life. This moment in time is the only thing that we have promised. Tomorrow's not here yet, and yesterday is already gone. So self-care has to be something that happens every day on a regular basis because it empowers you. I even look at the morning routine, the savers, as part of a self-care because it mm-hmm. affects us emotionally. And, and of course, you know, it affects us emotionally. You talked about exercise, so it's affecting us, you know, physically as well. So when I took on uh, this opportunity, when I embraced uh, what, you know, the Lord had revealed to me to go in this next path of my journey of my life as a wellness and self-care advocate, I decided to be able to uh, continue being an educator, as I've always been, and to be able to educate people that self-care should fall within the eight dimensions of wellness. So, um, you know, some of the listeners may be thinking, well, what exactly is the eight dimensions of wellness? Well, back in 1976, the the National Wellness Institute uh, did research wondering or trying to get an answer to how do people live a full life? Because they Mm -hmm. were hearing individuals who said, you know, I never really knew my dad. He was in the home, but he worked. So we saw him leave in the morning to go to work and then come home at night, eat dinner and go to sleep. But but we really didn't know him. And then later on in life, dad retires and dad realizes he doesn't know his children or he and his wife get divorced because they grew apart. And so uh, that's just one example. You know, another example, the Wellness Institute looked at, you know, women who are 40 years old and above are you know, or at 40 is considered middle age, between 30, well, I don't want to say 35 and make people scared out there, but, but they look at, uh, you know, somewhere around somewhere around 40 as being um, the beginning of being in middle age. And of course, we're all living longer, so the question becomes, with medical technology and we're living longer, how do we have self-care? How do we take care of ourselves so that we're not just living longer, but we're also living better lives? And what they found was that the dimension of wellness fall within um, different uh, dimensions. They started off with five. Some people say 12. I identify eight that seems to really relate to women, seems to really relate to entrepreneurs, seems to really relate to people who are in transition, changing their lives, much like myself, you know, at, you know, redesigning my life after during grief, as well as being a woman who is in um, that mid-age range. So um, the eight dimensions of wellness are spiritual wellness, physical wellness, emotional wellness, environmental wellness, social wellness intellectual wellness, occupational wellness, 
and financial wellness. So in answering your question in terms of how do I incorporate self-love and and self-care into my own life, when I started doing research in launching my company, Boots to Breakthrough, and I wanted to focus on wellness and self-care, and also uh, five of the dimensions was the focus for uh, my book, How Much Joy is in Your Journey. So I simply expanded it to be able to see okay, can I create a plan for redesigning my life, albeit going through this grief process and changing careers, but also that's going to help me live a fulfilling life. The tagline for my company, Boots to Breakthrough, is make the rest of your life the best of your life. Because three Mm. years ago, I felt that I was living my best life, and then life changed drastically, and immediately my sons and I had to redefine and redesign our lives to embrace the new normal. And so uh, the research says spiritual wellness is expanding a sense of purpose and meaning in your life. And of course, you know, you talked earlier, we talked earlier about, you know, what is purpose? And so oftentimes when people hear about spiritual wellness, they think, oh, well, you know, is that a particular religion? Well, not necessarily. It can be, but there are more people um, describing themselves as being spiritual, well, than than religious. Oprah describes herself in that Uh way, you know? And, And so being spiritual is what is it that you do that makes you feel you have a purpose in life um, or contributes to you seeing and understanding the meaning of life, whether it's life in general or your life. Some people experience that through yoga, meditation, of course, um, walking out in nature. You know, how do you become spiritually grounded? So for myself, my spiritual wellness slash self-care involves me, me, for me, it's prayer and meditation, all right? Mm-hmm. And, and that's how I start my day, and it keeps me emotionally grounded. But I want to say also that these eight dimensions, which I incorporate as part of self-care and moving my life forward so that the rest of my life can be the best of my life, doesn't exist in a vacuum. They're all interconnected. And so when yeah. we look at physical wellness, you know, physical wellness is the ability to maintain a healthy quality of life, which may include exercise, healthy foods, and sleep. And it allows us to get through daily activities without undue fatigue or physical stress. For me, as as you and I talked earlier about um, exercise, for me, mm-hmm. either going to the gym and spending 30 minutes on the elliptical, um, if I don't go to the gym, then as I mentioned earlier, my self-care in the realm of physical wellness is to be able to do my Pilates, do some push-ups, and to walk up my steps. Then right. the third dimension of wellness is emotional wellness. And the research says this is the ability to understand ourselves and cope with the challenges that life can bring. It's the ability to share our feelings of anger, fear, sadness, or stress, hope, love, joy, and still be productive. So for emotional wellness, the first year uh, or during the first year of me going through the transition, the grief transition, I was just busy, busy, busy because I didn't want to deal with the grief. And so when I relocated to Somerville, South Carolina, and I was settled in and I was getting adjusted, had the support system of family because, you know, I moved from Georgia. My sons had now relocated to different states, and suddenly I Mm -hmm. hit a brick wall. I was stuck, and I realized that I was not emotionally well. And so I had to work on – I ended up going through two grief recovery programs. One was Grief Share, which is nonprofit, and many churches offer it. And then the other one was at a local medical center here in South Carolina – And I found that so often, especially in some cultures and some communities, people don't reach out for help 
in order mm-hmm. for their emotional wellness to become stronger. But I needed that as part of my own self-care. I needed that to be a goal so that I can become unstuck. Now, grief is a process and it sneaks up on you and you just have to go through it. But it's important that we become emotionally well. Another part of my self-care, self-love is revolves around environmental wellness. And the research suggests that this is the ability to recognize your own responsibility for the quality of your environment, whether that's, that's right. outside of your home you know, whether you recycle or take care of, you know, landscaping and such, or inside of your home, inside of your workspace. So for me, when I wake up in the morning, part of my environmental self-care and self-love is um, I really thrive with aromatherapy. Even when I was a principal in the school setting, I always had some type of soothing aroma being in my office in a diffuser. And so for some people that may, and, and in my office also, it was low, not low lighting, but it wasn't that bright fluorescent light. I had several <laughs> lamps in my office. So when parents and students came in, immediately they become relaxed because of the environment that I set. When I moved to South Carolina in my home every morning, um, after I finished my uh, miracle morning routine with the lifesavers, I would go ahead and get my diffuser started. I have a combination of different types of uh, peppermint oils because it makes you alert. And I put it in my diffuser in my kitchen, my living room, and my bedroom. So throughout the house, I have this invigorating scent that helps me to be alert because I work outside of my home. Then there's social wellness. And social wellness is our relationships. And for many for many women, what I have found is that the physical wellness and the social wellness is typically where we find our challenges. So for myself, the social wellness relates to your personal and professional relationships. And for me, my self-care as it relates to social wellness revolved around me being more active in networking when I relocated from one state to another. Um, before, I worked in the school setting, and so my social network were other educators. And when I went to trainings, it was other educators. And when I worked in the Mm -hmm. community, it was because I was an educator. When I decided to become an entrepreneur and move to an area that I never lived before, I was having to reestablish my network. So for me, my social wellness and self-care was, I set it as a goal that once or twice a week, I would go to an event. This was in 2018. I would go to an event that was networking based and become comfortable meeting people outside of education and sharing with them the benefits of wellness and self-care, then that ended up increasing my speaking opportunities. And as a result, it ended up extending my network of women that I ended up affiliating with. You know, I grew up in a family with a lot of male cousins. I have brothers. I have two sons, and I was in the Army. So I was Mm. always very comfortable being in male-dominated environments. Never joined a sorority because I had been in ROTC. And so, but what I found was when I worked on my social wellness through the networking and then developing friendships, I ended up becoming involved in different sister circles that had a feminine leadership energy that really empowered me in this next step of the journey of my life. And then next was uh, intellectual wellness, and this is the desire to learn new concepts concepts, improve skills, and seek challenges for lifelong learning. And of course, even when we talked about the morning routine, the lifesavers read was the R, you know, constant learning how successful people become more successful, whether that's personal development or or, um, professional development. Then there's occupational wellness, and this is the ability to get personal fulfillment from our job or chosen career while still maintaining balance and other aspects of our lives. So of course, there's really no such thing as balance. You know, sometimes we're given six 
60% to something or 30%, you know, so it's, right. I, I have come, I've come to realize there's really no such thing as work-life balance because we're really kind of flowing through all of these eight areas during different times in our lives. But you recall earlier when I said, um, uh, one of the great advice that someone gave to me was let your nine to five pave the way for your five to nine. And so right. occupational wellness is when you can find that thing in your current job that is fulfilling a goal or a need of you that you may have as you move forward. And so I tell my sons when I, when they were in high school, I said, um, you're getting these different jobs now that you may not like, but bloom where you are planted because know that the Lord is ordering your steps, preparing you for something greater. So bloom where you're planted figure out what it is that you're doing now that is accentuating your skills and gifts and talents and know that that is preparing you for something greater. And then finally, there's financial wellness. And this is satisfaction with current and future financial situations. And so for mm -hmm. me, my self-love and self-care in the uh, dimension of financial wellness revolves around me looking at, okay, when I was in my 20s, of course, you know, what financial wellness looked like was definitely being a millionaire. Um, right. Now that I, you know, and, and all of us, hey, I would love to be a millionaire and see what that feels like. And who knows what the Lord has in store, right? Um, mm -hmm. but, the research, but the research shows that financial wellness is more than that. And I'm trying to remember the artist who, um, it might have been Jay-Z who had that song, More Money, More Problems. And, yeah. so, and so it's it's all in your perspective. There are people who have lots of money, but they have no relationships. Or people who have lots of money, but they and they they spend it frivolously or they're not investing it or they're not really budgeting it. And so financial wellness for me from a self-care standpoint is determining what exactly do I need financially to live the life of my dreams. And for me, living the life of my dreams means that I am preparing a legacy, that I'm able to uh, have my bills be covered, be able to have savings, be able to, you know, invest. So I could have more than just what, you know, retirement may provide. But more right. importantly, I want to be able to have financial wellness where I can be fully present and living in the now. So for me, I want to be able to have a, a little short trip every quarter, you know, whether that's going someplace stateside. Um, this summer, me and about 17 other cousins are going to be going to Costa Rica. I Ooh. want to be able to live in the here and now as much as possible because my husband and I, even though we used to, we, we were fully we used to like taking little short trips and, you know, testing out mm -hmm. different foods and enjoying things. But I was always, and even though, you know, my bio may show that, you know, I've achieved a lot and I give God the praise because I wanted my parents, you know, to be proud of me and my sons to be proud of me. But my book says how much joy is in your journey because I was always focused on the destination, the end result, whether it was the degree, the job title, um, you know, what the income may be. And I lost sight of being fully proud present in the moment, enjoying the journey along the way. And my husband used to always say, hey, Jay, what are you going to just slow down? You know, take your time. And I was always go, go, go. You know, I wanted to go ahead, get out of debt, you know, do, do the different things for that end goal. And then when he uh, departed to be with the Lord, I realized, wow, how many opportunities did I miss simply being present at home or taking mm. a walk in the park? And so, and so those eight dimensions of wellness is what I structure my life around now for my own self-care to make sure that each week, at the end of each week, I look at my calendar and see how did I touch bases in each of these things during this week. So that if the Lord had said this was my last week or that next week was my last week or right. two weeks from now, 
I knew that I lived fully present in this moment and that I wasn't just simply working to have a uh, a business that was generating, you know, whatever the dollar amount five years from now. And that's my goal, to be mindful and to be fully present in the moment and to make the rest of my life the best of my life through self-care, through these eight dimensions. That is awesome. That is awesome. Can you tell our listeners if you have any upcoming events or projects? Oh, yes. Um, okay. So, um, well, you know, 2019 is ending, and I am looking forward to having a um, a 12-week program that is called the, um, the Art of Breakthrough Vision in Self-Care. And so it's an opportunity to be able to take women through a 12-week process where each week there is a dynamic of self-care that they are going to be educated on and walk through on, and it's going to be a group a group program because um, when it comes to personal development and self-transformation, what the research shows is that when you have an accountability partner and or are part of a group, there is a significantly high chance of achieving your goal. Um, when we operate in a vacuum, you know, we get off the bandwagon, we lose sight of what the goal was, and then we turn around one year, two years, five years from now, then we realize that we didn't achieve what, we, what it is that we thought was the goal that we wanted to achieve. So in 2020, um, I'm looking at um, launching the Art of um, Breakthrough Self-Care, a 12-week transformation program, and that's going to be launched in March 2020, which is uh, International Women's History Month. Um, also in 2020, I'll be uh, launching my third book, because actually How Much Joy is in Your Journey is my first book. Uh, the second one to which I was a contributor, and this one was launched this year, is called If She Can, Inspiring Stories of Grit, Hope, and Courage. And this book was um, compiled by, um, oh goodness, um, Katrina Johnson, and she selected 15 women in this Charleston, South Carolina area who had stories of uh, resilience, grit, and hope. And the goal being that this book would be an inspiration to those who are going through their own transformation. And I also hope to be able to release in 2020 a, um, a um, 90-day gratitude journal so that individuals can get in the habit of journaling from a mindset of gratitude. And then I hope to release the book on the eight dimensions of wellness and transforming your life through grief. So uh, the Lord has a big purpose for me, so I'm going to stay prayerful yes. that I achieve those. <laughs> yes, everything is going to come together. I know it is. Oh, yes. And so can you tell Yes, all of it, every bit of it, the ups, the downs, <laughs> everything, right? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> so how can our listeners find you on social media? Do you have a website they can visit? Oh, yes, absolutely. So you can find me uh, on, at my website, uh, which is www.boottobreakthrough.com, Boot, B-O-O-T-S-T-O, and the word breakthrough, B-R-E-A-K, T-H-R-O-U-G-H, bootstobreakthrough.com. Um, I'd love for people to reach out to me on LinkedIn as well, um, you know, Dr. Janae Bishop. And Janae is spelled J-A apostrophe N-E-T, Bishop, B-I-S-H-O-P. And you'll find me on LinkedIn where I make um, inspirational posts in regard to self-care and mindfulness. And then I also have a um, women's Facebook group called um, Breakthrough Women. So reach out to me there and become a part of uh, my tribe, a part of uh, the yeah. community of women making breakthroughs. And um, yes, yes. And so I need to get more active on Instagram, but that's another goal as well. And so I do have an Instagram page. <laughs> 
the pressure, oh, the pressure. <laughs> yes, okay. We all have to keep up with oh. everything, right? Oh, yes. Well, tell me, what is your vision when you think of, because you know, 2020 breakthrough vision, what is your vision for 2020 for Purposely Bossing oh. Up? Ooh, my vision for um, Purposely Bossing Up is basically helping other podcasters break that media mold of photography, videography um, in oh, place wow. of like, in place of like events and um, major interviews and uh, all that good stuff, whether the event is something that somebody's having like a conference or even something as big as the BET Awards, um, you know, letting those people have that experience because, you know, you can take a few pictures, you can do some video on a camera, but when you are actually sitting down and getting to know the people that are in this in these respective areas um, on a more personal level, it kind of gives them, like I said, a whole total different experience. So yes. what I'm doing is that I'm hoping and praying that I can take my podcast on the road. So I've already yes. started um, promoting myself. Like, you know, like if you want to have a podcast at your event, you know, create that experience, interview guests, um, things of that sort, even concerts. I've even pitched the concerts, um, you know, for That's music. That's fabulous. And, you know, it's just trying to connect the dots in places where a lot of people don't utilize podcasts or online radio or, you know, anything through the web versus your radio, you know, your regular radio stations and um, photo and video. That is so fantastic. That is definitely very forward thinking. Yeah. So we're going to keep our fingers crossed. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. You know what? You don't even need your fingers crossed because you are being fully intentional. You know, you are going to go forth. I'm I'm claiming it. You know, the fact that you were able to articulate it, that is the biggest step. So then it's just a matter of, all right, um, in the military, we called it backwards planning. Where is it that you want to go? And then you plan yourself backwards in terms of the annual plan, then the semi-annual requirement, then the monthly, then the weekly, boom. And then, and then it all blooms from there. And so yeah. it seems, it sounds to me that you just have a great idea. And the whole idea also of having a podcast at different live events, I think that is fabulous. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Each event can have their own dedicated episode. We can go live via Facebook, social, you know, all social media outlets, but still mm-hmm. then have the recording so then it can go through, you know, any other hosting sites like your iTunes and Google Podcasts and Spotify, iHeart, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, my gosh, that is wonderful. Well, I know you only have a few minutes left with me, but I am uh, chomping at the bits to find out what inspired you to. Yes. We had a good time, though. (laughs) We had an amazing time. Oh, thank you. What inspired you to get into the podcast um, uh, type of media? What inspired you? Was it someone whose show you appeared on or what exactly? Because I like to talk. (laughs) All right, then. I ain't mad at you. (laughs) It was just that simple. It was just that simple. Um, Yeah. Even it started all in college. And and then I was like, you know what? I woke up one day and I was like, you know what? Let me just go ahead and do it. Try it. See how it goes. And now we're two seasons in. Unbelievable. You're an inspiration. 
You are an inspiration. Keep doing what you're doing. It just lays the foundation for those who are coming behind you age-wise and then those like myself who are older than you. It is such an inspiration to see young women doing their thing and making it happen. And and be fully intentional with it. Claim it. You know, speak it into existence like it is already happening and you're just walking yeah. into it. Yep. Absolutely. Awesome. Yes. yes, yes, yes. And with that being said, I hope everybody has an amazing day and continue to bulk up with purpose. Ain't none to it. Real one. Ain't none to it. Boss. Thank you for listening to this episode of Purposely Bossing Up. Continue to keep bossing up with purpose. Ain't none to it. Real one. Ain't none to it.